0: Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Story parts, and I listen to a record at the long. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job but not that kind of nut job On talk radio.
1: Honest to God, it's
0: the new Breaking Bad. On. Oh,
1: no. Just realise I do a strange thing when I'm in a rush and I want to open a bottle of drink. Look what I'm doing here. What am I doing that's different?
2: You're turning the bottle rather than the lid. I'm turning
1: the bottle instead of the lid. To drink my flat coke. I've got flat coke because my stomach is um, not in a great place. Um, I turn the bottle instead of the lid. Good evening, dear listener. The late night alternative, Monday to Friday. Ian Lee, who are you? Catherine Boyle. Tell us about our next guest, please, Catherine Boyle.
2: Well... Camilla Constance is someone we read about in the online papers the other day when we were going through um, some yeah. of the more well, sexy stories, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't
1: know if it was necessarily a sexy story. This is was, a very was, sexy story. It was sexual.
2: I mean, the the ma- st- this is from the Mail Online. Mother who spiced up her 16-year marriage by taking two lovers and oh. having a string of flings with both men and women is now a sex coach who counsels couples while they are in
1: bed. Now That's th-
2: what caught your the, eye, the let's be honest. The
1: thing that caught my eyes of my head, of my face was the thing about sitting in while people are um, having sex and and perhaps critiquing them. Giving them some pointers. I don't know if if she holds up scorecards... At the end of that, but we'll find out. We've got Camilla Constance on the line now. Good evening, Camilla.
3: Good evening. No, I don't hold up
1: the It's it's an idea. I don't know if you if you blow a whistle if they, they go in the wrong hole. I don't no, know. No, no,
3: no, that's not how it works.
1: Tell us how it works. We, I found it fascinating. Go on. What, what, so what? We'll, we'll do the background in a bit. But one of these sessions, how, how does it work?
3: Well. My my whole approach to sex and sexuality is it's all pleasure-based and it's all about is it kind, is it beautiful, are both people having a really deeply wonderful, pleasurable, gorgeous, delicious time. Uh, very often when couples come to me, one or other of them isn't having a gorgeous, delicious, sensual, sexy time for all sorts of different reasons. So really what they're doing is I'm creating the space where they can come into the space and I can identify because very often within a couple, because there's all this... Um, I'm being careful with my language. Thank you. There's a lot of conditioning that is not helpful.
1: When you say conditioning, do like, you, you mean stuff that they've learned as kids uh, and, and 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 older about what sex yeah. and what relationships th- 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 are meant th- to be?
3: so To begin with, we as parents don't talk to our kids about sex at all in this country. Yeah. We wait until they're teenagers, until the right time, and then that right time, they're too embarrassed to talk to us about anything, let alone sex. Yeah. So, parents don't have the, the dialogue. The schools are no longer having really having the dialogue. So. And then, and then there's a background of conditioning from the church and from society about how girls should behave and how boys should behave and what's expected. But it's all kind of subtle. It's all these subtle, discrete messages that no one actually kind of has the conversation. And then to top it all... Where do young people go to learn about sex? Do they go and learn about it from porn.
1: Well, this is the thing now. I've got two boys who are seven and nine, and Kath's got girls of similar ages. I'm so worried about them learning about it from, you know, I, I watched yeah. porn when I was 14, 15, but there was one tape that went around the school. Um, right. The, you know, n- now, now they're, they're going to have it. Porn, it porn it's all porn stories full, hardcore, and, yeah. you know, stuff we couldn't see are, are, in their pockets. It's in their pockets. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, it, and it's not a helpful message. And it's not particularly. It's not from. It's not kind sex. It's not loving sex. And and when I say loving sex, I don't mean sex has to be in the context of a committed, loving relationship, because as you know, that's not my background. Well, it was, but then it was also. I think a one-night stand can be deeply loving. It can be a beautiful, intimate connection between two people. And sex can, and so a lot of what I, I, I work with a tantric philosophy. It's very much about connecting the heart energy with the sexual energy. And that's what I bring to couples in the bedroom. So when I encounter when people come to me and they say, actually, we're finding it really difficult to have this conversation together, we find it difficult to be together, we find it embarrassing, we don't know how... We just don't know where... It's
1: just really awkward. But then if they're finding it difficult... I have been in sexual relationships where neither of us have been very good at communicating. Yeah. And I have been in, I would say, one sexual relationship where actually there has been an honesty and an openness Aww. and a real... The, the, there's been no shame. That's the thing. There's been no shame around it, and we've been able to say, "I wouldn't mind having a go at this." Would you fancy that? Would you? But if if a couple are having trouble being intimate with their partner, how on earth do they then get the confidence or the courage or whatever it is to go? Well, I know. Let's let's go and see Camilla, and let's get Camilla to sit in with us, and she can because t- because so, the initial so reaction is in. it's
3: in so the sitting in is very much at the end of the process. Okay. So so really by the time it gets to the point where they might want to come and actually work with me in person, we've developed a relationship right. through through um, Skype or Zoom. We've been working online for a while or we've been having sessions in person but not in the bedroom. State. Yeah. And then it might just evolve and they just kind of get... Um, the question that comes from them, so it's never something I suggest. I don't ever suggest them, hey, do you know what, I think we should, we'd should? we be really good viewers if I come and join you. It right. never comes from me. It's, it's kind of it'll come out of could you help with that or could you show us that it's very often could you show us that um so i'll be trying to describe how to stroke or how to touch and i'll be describing oh. how our bodies are fairly similar um and different but it's similarities that actually is where is it, it if you know your own body really well and you know your own pleasure really well a you can ask much more easily your partner what to give you but also you have an indication of what he or she might like because you know your own body and if it pleases you on your body because our bodies aren't actually that dissimilar you will know how to please somebody else and that is so much easier to show them in real life
1: why are we so embarrassed about sex i I say i'm 46 and you know for for up until the last couple of years last year i've been too embarrassed ashamed. I mean, there are things that happened to me that were, young, when I was younger, that, that kind of conditioned me, a little bit of abuse, oh. seeing my dad not being a great, he didn't abuse me, but seeing my dad not being great around women and the way he treated them. Oh. And I've learned all of this stuff about being ashamed and too afraid to say to the person I'm supposedly in love with, oh. could you put your finger there and do you mind yeah. if I lick that? Yeah. And we're ashamed, but it's a really tough thing to say, isn't it? But
3: as you say, it's the conditioning, it's yeah. the way you're raised, it's what's modelled to you. So one of the really, what I hope and I don't know this yet, but what I hope is that because of the journey I've had whilst my kids were quite young and as they're growing up, and I've been very open in ways that some people might find uncomfortable, but, for example, I was not at all uncomfortable about that male article being published earlier right. this week because my kids knew it all.
1: Your kids are grown up now, aren't they? N-
3: they're 15 down to 11. Oh, OK, sorry, I they're thought they are older. are not grown up. OK, no, no. no, no. no.
1: OK, I, um, right. But there
3: was no discomfort to me in, in the thought that they might see it, and as it is, they've... They haven't looked for it and they don't want to read it because they're a little bit embarrassed by my job. Um, but that's fine. But the point is that they couldn't... They, if they if they did go to look for it and find it, there would be nothing in there that they would learn that would upset them because they know it all already.
1: You're brilliant. I, I, um, let's, have, let's have this conversation. I came out as bi a couple of weeks ago, Camilla, after doing... Um. I got a celebratory cheer. There you go. Oh, that's such a celebration. Thank, thank you. And, and I, I said it on air, and it's, it's, I've been doing a lot of therapy because of a divorce and because of a, oh. a horrible... Loads of stuff going on. And we kind that of worked out... It's such a
3: healing thing for you to say and for that, all your listeners to hear. I'm sorry. That, no, beautiful. thank you, Camilla.
1: It, and, and I said it on air a couple of weeks ago, and it, it, you know, it got into the papers and all of that stuff. And I did, most people were like you, were brilliant. Um, and a, a couple of people said you shouldn't be talking about that because your my boys are 7 and 9 your boys are going to find that they're going to get teased at school and and i found it really confusing because everything i do in terms of what i reveal on the show my kids are, are always cons- i consider my kids and how they're going to react yeah. and i feel that i am sh- by doing this at some point we might have a you know an awkward conversation at some point but but they're going to realize that you don't have to live a lie Mm. that you can be open and honest and that there's no shame in this stuff. And I just was told by a couple of people, you shouldn't have done that. You, you're going to embarrass your kids and it's, they're going to hate you uh, for that.
3: And you know whose kids are going to be happier, more well-adjusted adults, don't you?
1: I think so. I think so. And I notice I'm not saying definitely because I'm still wavering a little <laughs> bit thinking maybe it was totally the wrong thing. Maybe it was a selfish thing to come out and say something like that. I don't know. I don't How know. it gives
3: them permission? This is my be- my very strong belief about my children. Is it gives them permission. So I was having conversations about me being polyamorous when my youngest was five. Right. And his wow. response was, I have more than one friend in the playground. Why shouldn't you? And I was like, wow, yeah, this is quite go. a good playground.
1: Yeah, kids get it.
3: <laughs> you know? And to them, it was, like, really obvious. To them, it's really obvious that you enjoy playing with more than one person. There was absolutely no judgment, but that was because they were. The, my honesty, and my openness, and my sharing with them came before their embarrassing, their yeah. embarrassed years. If I shared that story now with them, I think they'd all squeal with pain. <laughs>
1: yeah, of course because they would. <laughs> but then that's also that's also part of our jobs as parents is to we've got to embarrass them a little bit from time to time. Yes, yeah,
3: of course. Um, but I really, truly believe that they have grown up. So, first of all, my daughter has grown up knowing that. Sexual pleasure is a female, a female entitlement and right. Mm. And that if you are not enjoying something sexually, then you just say no to it. That there is no consent without pleasure.
2: That's a really important lesson, isn't it, Camilla? I've, I, I, as a mother of daughters, and, you know, I, I grew up in a household where it, I was one of two daughters and my mum was always really open. My dad didn't, we didn't want to know about any of that stuff and he left it to my mum, but thank God she, we could ask her anything and offered she would give us yeah. more information than we asked for. But I've noticed amongst women my age and older and maybe a little bit younger too, that there is a real disconnect between what's above the waist and what's down. It's, it's still a little bit of embarrassment there you know there are loads of products that are designed to make us feel like we're not clean enough all that sort of oh stuff oh my god yeah. and all that is so hard to overcome but you've got to haven't you
3: mm. yeah totally and then only stare i read in the paper but um choking has become a standard thing mm. in in couple sex
1: hang on sorry what and
3: choking choking,
1: choking was it was actually strangling them. Today. What?
3: So, um, what? What's it called, asphyxiation, erotic asphyxiation? Oh,
1: OK, yeah. So
3: it used to be a very niche thing.
1: And that's become a standard?
3: It's become a standard, and women are consenting to it, and I say this in inverted oh. commas, because they think it's it's standard sex, and this is what they need to this do This is come from man. porn,
1: has it, I'm guessing? Yes. Right.
3: Gosh. So it crossed over from niche into mainstream aye, aye, aye. because of porn, and, and that disconnect... Um, that women feel that that they've disconnected their pleasure from from sex. They just don't understand mm-hmm. that that their pleasure is the most. That's like no one should do anything. No one should do anything in life will stop, in my opinion, unless they're getting pleasure from it. And I accept there are certain jobs we have to do and earn money. Blah blah blah. There are certain like I really hate cooking and shopping and doing the washing up and all that. But I accept it's part of my role, and I just have to do it. But With sex, why would anybody do anything sexually that doesn't give them pleasure?
0: Mm.
3: It makes no sense to me. That these women are consenting to to this act because they feel they have to to be desirable or cool or Blimey. something. Yeah. and i'm just
2: like what it's because those women in porn are doing it so it must be all right maybe it's just me being a bit funny about it i don't exactly. want i don't want to be unsexy normal. yeah that whole thing but a lot of porn i mean i think that there are there are moves towards making pornography that is less about the man yeah. dominating or the yeah. ma- or or a, a lot of it's quite brutal and and when the men get involved i find it quite off-putting but, but there is a oh. lot yeah sometimes i think there that that's go. the case you know and you think yeah. this has not been made with women in mind this has been made for men to no. feel power i don't even see the sexiness in it no. um but th- 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 there are moves now towards making more kind of there are some awesome m- feminist feminine. kind of porn yeah yeah really really awesome women out there but we're yeah. still a little way back aren't we the majority yeah. of it is. When
1: did um, this is? We talk about this a, a lot more than is probably healthy, Camilla. When did the stepdaughter, oh god, stepdad, stepmom? When did that become a thing? Oh, it's In, like, yeah, incest for cowards. It's a really, you know. Alice and I look at porn, and it's always the thing that comes up. This is a stepmom sedu- it, sedu- seduces her stepson. It, what? I don't it's the watch most.
2: That. Isn't it like the most popular thing at the moment? It's
1: huge. Uh this is where
3: we
2: are I'm so naive oh you didn't
3: know that (laughs) we educated (laughs) you
1: god if we're educating Camilla where does what does that say
0: experience the unconventional hello the unpredictable don't you think that's a bit weird and the completely unorthodox it was my birthday with rule free Ian Lee Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content the late night alternative with Ian Lee hate alarm clock hate going to work on talk radio Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Story parts, and I listen to a record as they love. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad.
1: oh no nice. But also, and I get, I get totally what you're saying about how women and young girls are affected by porn and subservience. But also, it does affect. Men, yes, men think, yes. well, my dick isn't big enough, I'm not lasting long enough, that guy's, you know, oh, doing it for an hour and I can last 30 seconds.
2: Also, am I supposed to treat her like that? Am I supposed,
1: I to, feel am like I supposed to strangle her? Am I supposed so, to slap her? So what is this?
2: For me, the huge sadness
3: is um, the, the interaction between the male and the female has yeah. just been destroyed by the world of pornography because actually the, what men really love in sex is giving giving yes and receiving but really giving pleasure it, it's like this, this profound shift happens in a man when when he pleases a woman and she kind of awakens mm. and becomes his goddess i mean it just it's life changing for a man and i don't i don't really understand why that is but it's just it's just a constant theme i hear from my clients what i really want to do is please her and of course yeah. that's then kind of been twisted into women needing to fake mm. in order to prove that the man has pleased her, rather than actually just what? being genuinely grounded in her pleasure and feeding back to
1: him. By the yes. way, what a great phrase, And when she becomes his goddess. Wow, oh, that's crazy. a great that's phrase, fun. I love that. But it is kind it's of a
2: revelation it's when it's you realise you're both on the same side, and one person isn't waiting for you to perform, you know? Yes, and there's, there, there doesn't need to be any performance, there just needs to be connection,
3: and there needs to be this this curiosity, this playfulness, this connection, this just pleasure, just, just exploring pleasure. Um... But what porn has done is it's, it's warped how men see themselves yeah. as sexual partners. And, they, and, and there's this perception that really hurts them. And I see so many really wounded men because they think they're odd. And they mm. come to me and they say, I just want to stroke her and kiss her and make love to her. But I feel I ought to be doing something else. And all my friends will laugh at me if they find out what I'm doing. What he doesn't know is that all his friends have the same problem mm. and the same worry. Because they all think they're meant to be doing what they see in porn. So they think there's something broken in them because they want to be intimate and kind and caring. Now, how warped and messed up is that, that you've got people who think that they are broken because they want to be kind.
2: Yeah, what like, a shame.
3: And then, and then the next step on is that the, the neurotransmitters that are, that are stimulated by porn actually really mess with a man, man's sexuality. So increasingly we're seeing men presenting with erectile dysfunction.
1: Well, oh, that's a huge problem, isn't it, at the moment, because of a porn?
3: Huge problem, yes, because, because essentially the, the dopamine that rewards novelty... That is fed very rapidly through porn, doesn't reward you with a real life woman because,
1: funnily enough, she just isn't quite. Here's another thing that you may or may not know. This is a problem with porn stars: is that in the old days you'd have a fluffer that would would help you get erect and all that, but now that isn't working. So if you're quite often male porn stars who are filming, you know, quite an intense kinky, in inverted commas, scene. That's not working for them. A fluffer isn't working. So they then have to go online and look at even harder oh my God. porn so they can get it up for the scene that they're doing. It, it's incredible. You need to listen to, I think I heard that from the John Ronson yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's so
2: good. What was it called? Um, there was one called The Butterfly Effect. The
1: Butterfly Effect. You should listen to that, Camilla. Mm. It's really, really, got, uh, Catherine will send you the link after an email. It's, Thank it's you. really good. He investigates kind of the porn industry oh. and uh, I think you might find it interesting. I think you might find it really yeah, no, interesting.
2: Yeah, I think it's It's such a good series. Sad. Yeah, really sad because um, you would think that with all this we be becoming more enlightened, but it sounds like, actually, um, our Horizons are becoming narrower.
1: Yes. Yeah. And what? Okay. So, so we're talking about. Oh, and I'm finally in a place where I can be open with with a, uh, my partner in the bedroom and say, "How about this? Do you fancy that?" And I'm I'm happy to listen to suggestions. But then, if you're open, it can it it can be difficult. If someone says something that you're not that keen on, you know, she says something to me, or I say something to her. What then are the rules? Are, are the rules if 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 you think you're not that keen, but you want to please them, it can be hard to say no, can't it? Yes, but what
3: I'd throw back at you is, is are you genuinely pleasing someone?
1: Right, yeah. If
3: you do something that doesn't
1: give you pleasure... It's faking again,
3: isn't it? Yeah, and
2: if the shoe so, was on the other foot, would yeah. you want to feel that but someone then, was going through the motions for you? Is exactly.
1: It, is it some? But is it what I'm trying to get at? And this is—I don't have a specific example that I'm thinking of. And I'm not, you're not. Trying, is it worth trying something that you're not? There may be things you're completely uh-huh. revulsed by, uh-huh. but maybe you go, "I don't know." Is it worth trying it because you might love it?
3: So a really good example of this is like—is feet. There are lots of men men with feet. There are lots of men out there with foot fetishes. For one reason or another, men fetishize feet quite often. Uh And they are embarrassed to mention this to their partner because they're worried that they'll be humiliated, they'll be shamed, that something negative will come back. So what I think the first rule is that you create a safe space within your relationship where you can bring up anything and then the response is always... It's always a kind response. So it can be a kind rejection. It can be, actually, I'm not very comfortable with you sucking my toes. But I don't mind, but maybe I'd be happy with you giving me a foot massage.
0: Okay. Okay. To
3: start with. But but the rule, rule as I see it, would be that the, the understanding is that you have a safe container in which you can raise anything, and you will be listened to with respect and kindness, and then that person will respond to you with respect and kindness. And then, and I don't really want to use the word negotiate, but you have a, an, a kind conversation where both people can raise what they want and their concerns. So um, we do this in the coaching modality I use. We do this in quite a formal way where you would um, talk about your fears and your desires on a regular basis as part of learning how to communicate. So my fears in this situation are, my desires in this situation are, and always what I love about you as well. So love, fears and desires. And that's a really good container. A safe. It's a way of formalising the safe container and talking really openly.
1: Mm. Do you... Um to, to, when you're going back to kind of your job and stuff and we're going to yeah. we'll do, we'll plug all the website and all of that in a minute it's really interesting talking to you Camilla thank you we'll have to get you in the studio one night if you're if ever you're <laughs> nearby um, so when you're, when you're in a, a session with a couple and they're um, uh, I was going to say having it away what a terrible what a terrible. when they're making love when um, he's
2: um, uncovering her goddess <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's it. Thank that. you. She's better at this than me. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, a vile rumor. How does it work? I mean, are you are, are you naked? Are you sat there with a clipboard? Are you definitely what? no clipboard? No, no clip. I said clip. By the way, <laughs> you're, you're. How how does it work? Are you are you are you hands on? Are you going? You might want to try it round that way. What what is the deal?
3: It totally depends on the couple, and it totally depends on what they've asked for and what they're what what they're comfortable with. So. Um, I'm thinking back. I don't think I've ever been fully naked with a couple I'm coaching. Right. Um, but...
1: I like the way you have to think about that.
3: But, <laughs> so for example, if I'm trying to show him how to massage her breasts yeah. and it would help to use, move my breasts, I'm not going to do it wearing a bra because my breasts don't move when they're we're wearing, I'm wearing a bra. So oh, I, mean. I have no issue with nudity. I'm very comfortable with nudity and um, if the... If, I'm, if, if they're getting into a place where, where they are nude in front of me and it is more comfortable for me to be nude with them because that's the, the atmosphere and the energy in the room, then I will do that. If there's a sense that that's not right, then, I'll, then I won't. It really... I, I know it sounds, like I'm trying, it sounds like I'm being a politician and I'm avoiding the question, but I'm genuinely not. Yeah. I really cater my sessions to my clients. and I understand and I talk quite a lot with them about how they want it to be shaped and how they want it to evolve. Um so, one of my really big things that I teach couples is massage. I'm really really, really massively keen on um tantric stroke neurotic massage i'm I'm really it's such an amazing way to give pleasure and learn about each other, and very often that involves me being hands on because if I want to for example show a woman how to stroke him yes I'm not sure what kind of words I'm allowed to use can I so if I say want it. to show a certain stroke what, what, on his penis,
1: yeah, do well, I say that? Well, you, you mean okay. to, do you mean toss him off?
3: <laughs> no, no, okay, I've gone too
1: far, right? I, mean, I no, love the fact no I'm possible. shocking Camilla. Because
3: what i no, no, what I'm doing is I'm trying to train people away from that, right. Because the toss him off is just the kind of it's just the same action, and it's really it's disconnected. No. it's not thoughtful. He's been doing the same action for years (laughs) and never felt anything different. She's kind of watched it and thought, I'd my wrist and I don't want to be... No, 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 it's it's an extended lengthened, really beautiful erotic massage where you use loads of different strokes and different techniques to take him on a pleasure journey in his energy, which is just kind of mind-blowing. I love this. prove that she really learns about him, and that's really difficult to teach without demonstrating. Yeah. So I will do that, and then equally I'll show him how to pleasure her, and I'll say this is the way to stroke her labia, not with with um with your fingers, but with it's your nice palm, and I'll demonstrate it. And I'll and because when I do it, because I know how to do it and I do it really well, she'll quiver with delight, and I'll go, oh my god, you can do that, you can make <laughs> me do that. Now yeah, well, do, do it. So I I do get really hands on because it's so much it's so much quicker, and it's really it's just so quick. And transformational, and why
1: wouldn't I? Because that's what I can offer. I wish I'd had a conversation with someone like you uh, in, uh, in my 20s or even uh. my 30s. Honestly, I've wasted so much time looking for uh, love and sex in all the wrong places and going about it completely the wrong way. And I've had decades, Camilla, of embarrassment uh, oh. and shame in the bedroom. And there's, there, I think there is, there is an epidemic of that. And I think people like you um i uh, 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 doing you know you uh, 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 you I get so annoyed you probably saw these stories about the schools in Birmingham where where people were protesting outside because of the, they were oh. having gay lessons, you know, oh. and it's... In, and, and just it's, acknowledging that people it's, it's are just gay saying, sometimes. You know, such, and, such and such might have two dads and such and such has got two oh. mums. That's all it is. And, oh. and people seem so afraid. And, and I think as a nation we're screwed up when it comes to sex. And I think people like you, Camilla, are doing great work well, and that we need you. to be more open about sex and more... And yeah, you know what? It's kind of fun to snigger about it and be a bit carry-on, but actually... There is a lot more behind it as well, and we should just be a little bit bolder, perhaps.
3: So, you know what, when you allow yourself to enjoy it, it is just the most beautiful, pleasurable, amazing thing, and it costs nothing. (laughs) This is the thing. It's like we spend a fortune um, on meals, on booze, on drugs, on whatever. We spend a fortune trying to to create actually what we can get for free in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. This is a thing that is just mind-blowing. It's like orgasmic sex is way better than any drug and it's really good
1: for you as as a as a you, I, we should hang out as a recovering drug addict. I can totally agree. I can oh totally... my god! <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, I talk about everything on it, Camilla. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, it's so nice to talk to you. Seriously, if you're ever in, in, near London Bridge one night, you are very, very welcome <laughs> to come in. If you you ever want to come on and plug stuff, just stuff, just drop. Um, okay. Where I'm is? I'm going to definitely bear that
3: in mind. Please Thank do. You.
1: You're very welcome. Where is the best place if people want to find out more about you?
3: My website. www.camillaconstance.com.
1: CamillaConstance.com. Camilla, Uh, Camilla, and and, uh, Kath will send you the link for the John Ronson podcast because I think you'll really enjoy it, actually. I
2: I would appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for
1: your time, Camilla. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye, Bye, Camilla. She was brilliant. I love her. She's so good. She's great. And he said, we have a little snigger about sex, and that's okay. But actually, if we could just be a little bit more. She was shocked by how much I was giving her, man. In terms of (laughs) revelation. Sorry, in terms of revelation. I loved her cheer at the
2: start. Well, her work is in unlocking people, so for you to be able to get to that place, you know, obviously, I'm I'm sure she would appreciate how long it's taken for you to be able to say half of that stuff. She was
1: good. I enjoyed that. Uh, Phone lines, yes, I know, erectile dysfunction is a big problem. There's an oxymoron some of you are picking up on. Uh, Phone lines are open, dear listener. You can call in about what we've just chatted about with Camilla, or you can call in about absolutely anything you want. You know how it goes. 03444991000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is The Late Night Alternative with Kath and Ian on Talk Radio. We are Talk Radio.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.